0: Hey, what's going on? It's Jason Snow, and you're listening to The Jason Snow Show for Tuesday, April 13th, 2021. How's everybody doing out there? Uh, I'd like to welcome everyone to a very special guest to the show today. Don't get too many guests on, but Bash Hudson is one of my favorite uh, basketball minds, basketball Twitter follows, at least. Uh, Love having him on the show. Bash, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, man. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, I love your work as well, and uh, I appreciate you having me.
0: So if anyone doesn't know Bash already, uh he's a writer and scout for Prep Hoops New England and Prep Girls Hoops New England. Uh has a new article out, uh, all grit team from this weekend's uh AAU tournament at the Zero Gravity Level Up at Sudbury Fieldhouse. Uh follow him on Twitter at bash hoops NE. Uh like I said, incredible work and you better check it out. You're missing out. Um so, you know, as a scout and as a writer and a guy who just loves hoop, like you said to me before this, you just love basketball all, all year round. Um, you know, when you're watching all this basketball and stuff, what, what do you look for in a player? Like what what separates the good players from like the great players that really pop?
1: Um, well, for, first, the hardest thing is to like, you kind of have to take off like your fan hat and put it to the side and <laughs> put on your like serious hat. Because it's hard, especially when you go to the tournaments. it's hard to not, like, whoop it up because I'm a fan first, (laughs) you know? So sometimes I have to remind myself, like, oh, I got to write this stuff down. And instead (laughs) of – I'm trying to – I'm a high-five in the spectators. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to kind of dial it back. But when you actually – you know, when you sit down and you're watching, like, I always look for things that I know will translate at the college level. Like, because, again, like, I – I've been through the high school recruiting process. I played college basketball. I played D3 for Wheelock College. I know how hard it is to uh, get to that next level. And um, and how hard it is just to get recruited and get on the the court at the college level. So certain things like, you know, can you guard a switch? Mm -hmm. Can you guard a pick and roll? can you make a good make you make a good bounce pass a good entry pass into the post because everyone at the next level can score 20 a game. They all did it in high school just like you did. Mm-hmm. They all can grab 10 rebounds they all can facilitate so you have to separate yourself. so I was always look for little things and that's why I did the all grit team article to highlight the players who do those things like take charges, communicate on defense are in the right position on help side just to highlight certain things that like it's not all about just scoring 20 30 points it's about all those other things that um that can help that can help a team win at the next level because at the end of the day that's all coaches want to do and programs want to do is win as many games as they can then you know you got to do different things besides put the ball in the hoop to uh to accomplish that so you know so that, that's pretty much it
0: hey. Like you said, a lot of players can put up points and a lot of players can, can fill up a stat sheet, but I've always wondered as a guy just from the outside looking in, is there, cause I've never, you know, gone through a college recruiting process. Is there a part of the process that kind of flies under the radar that a lot of people don't see that goes past the game almost like, is there an underrated part to communicating with coaches and getting the connections and, and just that getting your name out there almost?
1: Um, yeah, I I just think that um it's just really hard because there's so many talented players, and um I I think that um it, it's it's just especially with the pandemic and, and things like that where like some schools had games, some schools didn't. And it was hard to practice. It, it's just like it just becomes more challenging, even more challenging. So um, having things, having like, you know, social media platforms like Twitter and, you know, Instagram and just any way you can get video or film out there, you know, is it, always helpful because, again, like, it's just, it, it's, a, it's hard to separate yourself from the pack, you know, and especially in a sport like basketball where you, there's only five on the court. There's only about 12, 15 on the, on the roster. So it's just like that's why I love watching, you know, the players compete, because it's just like, you know, because they know how hard it is, too, which is why they compete at such a high level, which is why they put into so much work, because they know they know how hard it is. So that, that's what makes it fun to watch.
0: When you're looking at players and, you know, I've I've been, you know, scrolling through social media and if there's an AU tournament, you're at it and you're covering it. Um, when it comes to like, I watch the NBA and I, I love the NBA and a lot of people do. But when it comes to like the NBA draft and uh, evaluating players, and there's like there's special players who have talent, and then there's players that kind of fit into a system and flourish that way. When it comes to like special players that can just have a ball in the string, like I think of Jamal Crawford, um, who's just recently out of the NBA, uh, but fit in his role, but had his own style, who could like take over games, and you know Steph Curry's like that, Kyrie Irving's like that, Damian Lillard's like that, James Harden's like that. Names go on and on. Uh, but do college coaches like a guy who's kind of doing it his own way, who can, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but just has their own style or would a college coach rather him just, you know, right in a box?
1: Um, for, for me, I, I, I think it comes down to does the player have a transcendent skill set? like steph curry you mentioned steph curry and it's just like you know he's he's a transcendent shooter so like steph curry can do whatever he wants because he has a skill set that's transcendent and that can help that is a, a key factor to winning like damian lillard didn't become damian lillard until he realized that oh like damian Lillard's like his basketball iq like helped him to go from like one level to the next because he understood that okay the the defense thinks that shooting from the logo is a bad shot. Well, I'm right. going to perfect this shot <laughs> and make it a good shot. So now when I cross half court, now you have to guard me. And if you're going to guard me from back here, I'm going to blow by you and get a shot from a from where where you consider is a good shot. So that's what that's what separates. So again, he's he's transcendent in the sense that his intelligence is transcendent compared to a lot of players you know where he looked at the game differently and and i mean i don't don't know this i'm not in his head but he's just from his style of play from where his game has gone
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's just like no one was shooting like we call him logo lillard now (laughs) you know what i mean it's just like it's like when paul george he hit the shot on paul george and paul george like that's a bad shot no it's not paul george (laughs) damon lillard is he can make that shot. he practices that shot right if you watch damon lillard in practice he's probably shooting from that 200 300 times perfecting that shot to make it a good shot mm-hmm. so it, it's just so i, I get so I, I i just think that um i just like even like jamal crawford like his crossover is just like it's one of a kind so it's just like you kind of say okay you're like just you can do that like that's fine because you're that good at it so just like if that's what's gonna make you effective then it's just like okay we can you can dance all you want to <laughs> <laughs> right you know
0: and even furthermore as a scout and, and say if you're if you're on the if you're on the sideline at an AAU tournament and you see a guy trying to trying to be like those guys and try to be t- transcendent and not, like pull up from half court what is your I mean I guess it depends on the player but what is your kind of perspective on these guys in AAU or amateur basketball trying to emulate these guys what what's your point of view on that when you see that during games
1: Well I always make it a, make an effort to watch the AAU team practice I've been to a lot of practices and it's funny. Uh on Sunday I saw one of the best shooting performances maybe ever. This really? one girl, uh Jen Martin from Bradford Christian, she plays for the Lady Rivals, had about had seven threes in about five or six minutes in the second half. At the at the end of the second half. And you know, your first instinct is, oh, she she was on fire.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what people aren't realizing is that like I was I seen her practice twice. What she did on Sunday didn't surprise me because if you watch her tendencies in practice, all her threes came off of like all her threes were all like one of the same. It's because she practices these transition threes where she gets, she, she understands that in transition, the defense isn't going to check her at half court like they should. So she's going to go to the same spot every time where she knows she can hit 10 out of 10.
0: Mm-hmm. and her coach knows that and her teammates expect that but the other team who don't really they just kind of show up and play they don't really know that
1: they they don't so it's just like if you're not going to check her she's just like i'll just go to the same spot every time <laughs> boom there's one they get a rebound running in transit now you know the defense mind is racing you know and they're trying to scramble and get him back Goes the same spot calm and collected another one boom two and just on and on and on and on. And the thing that's funny is that I was at the practice where she was doing the exact same thing to her own teammates, bomb <laughs> after bomb after bomb from the same spot. It's 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 incredible how if you watch a player practice and then you see them do this stuff in the game, it's just like it becomes like you just kind of sit back and say well that's who she is
0: right
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> right. like it's an incredible you know game and performance but you, you think it's just like well that's who she is she's that's what makes her one of the best shooters you know because she in practice she does this she, she does the same things in practice that she does in the game and so that, that so that's always that's why I always try to go to as many practices as I can so I can pick up on tendencies so when I watch him play in the game I'm like oh yeah that's what they were doing all in practice <laughs> there it <laughs> is <laughs>
0: I was also wondering cuz there's like a not I don't know if there's a d- real debate but there's a lot of controversy between the old school fan and the new school fan. And I've grown up with this NBA where like teams will shoot 30 to 35 threes a night. And then there's other people that like the Rodman, like the um like the Lambeer that likes, you know, the car crashes in the lane and like shoving and flagrant fouls that really weren't called flagrants but now no of course they are. Do you like where the NBA is headed and where it's like Teams will shoot like the Houston Rockets historically, 53s a night. It's a it's quote unquote efficient, but you kind of rule out the mid-range game and you like, you know, layups and three pointers. Do you like where the game's headed?
1: Yeah, I don't mind it. I think I think it's fun. I think the, um nowadays everyone's trying to develop uh skill sets to expand their game. So I I think that's just come I think the game's going that way with the three pointers and stuff because Rightfully so, players and coaches are emphasizing like, don't be one-dimensional. Be able to shoot the basketball. Now, the the rock is in D'Antoni when he was over there. It gets a little ridiculous, yeah. but again, it, it it's just, but it it does bring a different element to the game that I think is fun, and uh, you know, it's just not every it, not every basketball mind's alike. Like you say, to see the game one way. And that's what makes, you know, and, and so you'll have your list of favorite players or best players because of the way you say, see the game. And it'll be different from mine because I see the game a totally different way. And I think that's what makes the game fun. So if D'Antoni wants to chuck up threes and run and gun seven seconds or less offense, let him do so. And if a team wants to come down and work inside out and work in the post, that's fine too. I mean, but it just, I just, so there is, you know, I don't want it to get like two, like, lock-sided where right. it's like all threes and nothing else. But I don't mind a little, you know, little the variation in in there with the the outside perimeter games.
0: And here's here's kind of where I lie on it. Like I don't like it when it comes to the point, like you said, when it's too much of the three and it's kind of like redundant. And it's like, oh, here, here comes another three, and they missed like eight straight. I wonder how this one's going to land. And it's like that can get get a little redundant. But at the same time, like. I don't really have too much perspective because like I'm 20. So like I grew up with this. It's I've never seen a league where it's more skilled. Like when I watch Denver and it's like Jamal Murray gets a rebound and then they kick it ahead to their center and he runs the like that. That's never happened before. I mean, I've read, but like that's I don't think that's ever happened. And so, you know, we can call it finesse, but I would call like this era of basketball AAU down more skilled than ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the amount, the amount of like like you know, especially you know, I, I'm I'm mostly right about the the girl side, and so like the amount of like six two, six three, like playmakers, <laughs> it, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, just the passing alone, Some it's just like well, like you know, years ago you wouldn't even think about like a traditional four getting the ball like Nikola Jokic, you know, on the Nuggets getting the ball and looking to make plays like they're Jason Kidd. Or like Diana Tarasi. It's just mm-hmm. like <laughs> it just makes it just, like you would have never thought in a million years that would be the case. But um but I think it's just a cool element, uh seeing Biggs be that versatile. And I think it um I think it makes it uh makes the game more intriguing that way
0: and it's positionless. Like there's no like send like, like you said, anyone can grab a rebound, dribble it up. And it's based by personnel. Like if a coach wants you to run the play, you run the play. It doesn't matter like, Oh, you're a center. You're kind of in this box, which I, you know, I personally like, um, but I was going to ask you about, you know, NBA wise, if you're watching a game kind of like through the lens of a scout and you're, you're like you said, you remove the, the fan cap. Who is the scouts dream player? Like if you were to like build, a prototype of a basketball player who's currently in, in the NBA. Like, who is the scouts' dream?
1: I look at him. Um, I, I think I honestly think like LeBron is, you know, and again, I, I'm I'm a Celtics fan, so like giving LeBron props is, is a very tough thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh I think I mean LeBron is just his size, his court vision, his basketball IQ. I mean, he is just I mean, it's incredible how like a guy like LeBron exists in the basketball world, and um, so I just think that I mean he's an easy one. Um, I I think someone like I think I like the guys like um, like the Zion Williamson's who are built like Shaq, but like he's another one who can handle the ball and can play make on the wing, which is always every time I see him, I was just like on the wing, like he'll sometimes bring the ball up. And run the offense. I'm just like, oh, this is pretty cool. <laughs> like, like, seeing someone like Zion do that is just like the, having the trust that he can facilitate an offense at his size and his position is just is mind blowing. It's just like bodybuilder. So, um, he's,
0: yeah. he's crazy. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's he's like he's like it's you know, but um, but yeah, I mean, uh, scout's dream. It's just like it's mainly the guys who just have it up here, and then but maybe don't you know. Like a guy like like Jokic, you like you look at him, you're just like, did w- this guy plays basketball? Yeah. Then you see him, and he's just so like a, like, even like Luka Doncic is another one. You look at him, you like, everything he does is in slow mo. Like a oh. step back It's like, how does anyone not block this shot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's it's so, but again, I think he's just so far ahead of you up here that it's just like he knows spacing and footwork and how much separation he needs to get his shot off. And I think so. Those guys always you know fascinate me in the league
0: and by the way Luca 22 like these guys aren't even like in their prime yet like not even close Steph Curry you know is 33 years old right now Luca has 11 years to catch up to where Steph Curry is right this moment like can we imagine that like that's just insane yeah (laughs)
1: it is it's it's eye-popping seeing what some of these young guys can do for sure
0: Like you said, big time Celtics fan, and I think we both are. It's hard to diagnose the problem. I mean, I, you know, going into the season, I wrote about this. I thought the Celtics were going to be like right there title picture. I thought Miami was going to be there. Brooklyn, obviously, you know, took last last year a little bit off, Uh, but now they're louder than ever. I didn't think Philadelphia was going to be this good, but what's happening with the Celtics? I mean, they have all the talent. They make the the midseason trade for Fournier, which I liked motivation-wise, not there a lot. Defensive intensity, not quite there a lot. Chemistry, maybe not there a lot. It's hard to diagnose the What do you think the issue is?
1: I think the issue dates back to the bubble when they played Miami. And was it game one or two that Tatum got stuffed by Bam Adebayo? Yep. So he gets stuffed by Bam Adebayo, and... If Tatum was the is the guy that everyone thinks he is, the rest of that series he he's, he's out for blood. Kobe Bryant, LeBron, KD, you name any of the top players. If they get stuck at the rim like that, they're dropping forty the next night. Forty, like it, it's just or they're at least gonna go out swinging. You know, because right. again, you know, you know, and, and the Tatum he got worse. He got more passive and I was like, oh, he doesn't like, I, and I, I think Tatum's a fantastic player skill-wise. I think he has the tools. I'm, this isn't me talking about, we got to get rid of him. Like, I don't, right. it's, not, it's, it's not that serious. And he's like 22, <laughs> but, but I think it starts. I think in the NBA, you go as far as your best player takes you. If Tatum isn't going to assert himself on offense, he's not going to be the guy well, it's going to trickle down to the rest of the team. Your, it's just your human instincts as you follow the, the person at the top. And Tatum, to me, is a little too cool for school. Like, and he's playing great the last few games. I mean, he's balling out of his mind. Yeah. But again, like, congratulations. You, sh- you scored, like, 50 against Minnesota. They stink. Like, I'm, I'm glad you needed overtime to get that 50 and squeak one out and, like, at home against Minnesota.
0: Thank you. So,
1: like, congratulations. Like, I... Thank you for proving things that I already knew, that you could score 50 against the worst team in the NBA. Thank you. <laughs> but, Thank you. Uh, but again, I think last game against against Denver, okay, okay, now now we're talking. So can we, like, build on that? I think they play Phoenix coming up. So there's another good team. Like, so let's see it against the good teams. But I just think that it starts with Tatum. And, um, and I think the roster stinks. I think the roster absolutely sucks. So, like, I mean, Brown, Tatum, great. Kemba's banged up. Smart, I'm I'm all good with smart. The bye bye. We should oh, trade him.
0: You're good with him, like like. See ya.
1: Well, because I just feel like I mean, it's just like you're moving sideways at this point with the Celtics, so you have to yeah. shake it up. You're not going to trade Tatum and Brown unless you're getting a haul back. Uh, Kemba makes too much money. Smart, your, smart's value has gone down like the tubes because he's like he's been such a pill this year, and he hasn't even been that good on defense anymore. So like. Again, so like, what are you gonna get for him? So I think that window's closed. Fournier, I mean, fine. Like, because our bench blows so much, I guess Fournier is a good pickup. <laughs> like, and, and I and I love Robert Williams. Uh-huh. Like, I, I I think the best thing Danny said was get rid of Tice because I find Tice useless. What, Jason? What you're gonna find useless? At, you're lighting him up here. <laughs> what you're gonna find with me, Jason, <laughs> is that me when it, it comes to Boston sports teams it's the opposite of prep hoops prep uh-huh. hoops are most, uh, I'll, 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 i'm the most positive most like energetic person on prep hoops because like because why not like mm-hmm. you're supposed to yep like the, look at look at the talent out there on the court like how do you not the celtics though like the the, the when, when i see when i see the professional athletes you know like not you know what i mean uh-huh. like come on get, like it's just like like I, I just get wrapped up in it. And i get a little negative
0: you don't hold back
1: <laughs> you know but uh so i i can i can i can get going on on them a little bit but yeah tyson isn't useless that was a little
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey i love it
1: but you know yeah i'll 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 tone it down i i i I get too wrapped up in it jason
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love it keep it up like for me like when i watch them like i don't know if stylistically i don't know if it works for me like I respect isolation ball. Like if you have Kobe on your team, absolutely isolation ball. If you got Michael Jordan on your team, absolutely isolation ball. But with this team, I feel like there's too many times throughout the course of the game where like Jalen Brown's sitting in the corner. I don't care what offense you run, Jalen Brown should not be sitting idle in the corner with five minutes left in the fourth. Like, whether it be Kemba, Jason Tatum, Jay like isolation, I think it might be a little heavy. I feel like we're still a young team. I feel like, you know, pushing it in transition might be a little bit better. Ball, I, I love ball movement. Get things moving. Like, there's too many times where, like, this team is just lackadaisical. Is that just me, or or do you notice that?
1: Um, no, I, th- I think you make a good point. Um, just the iso ball. It's just, it gets a little, little too much. But I don't think that's Steven's fault. I don't think that's the player's fault. I just think the players are limited. It's like, take out Kimba Walker and put in Chris Paul. Is there isolation ball? No, there's not. No. Chris Paul, you, like, you have to get a real facilitator in there, not just the guys who just put up scoring numbers. Like, I think that's just the, always been the problem with the Celtics and why they always fell short since we made the Kyrie trade. I'll just, you know, because that's when we really kind of went from the middling team to like now we actually can make some noise and compete with the top dogs in the conference. And it's just like redundancy in the NBA is never a good thing. Like, the, the, the scoring like i i thought hayward i i was happy to see hayward sign elsewhere because it's just like you have too many you have three of the same guy mm. exactly the same guy they're just comes in different forms like like jason Tames is a different comes in a different shape and size than hayward and brown but they're the same player no one makes anyone better like, Hayward kind of does, but, like, not to the point where it's, like, glaring, where it's like, oh, this guy really makes every elevates the team around him. They're all kind of, like, the same guy. Like, good rebounders, good playmakers off the bounce, can shoot, but, like, great. But that doesn't win the NBA. Like, you have to get one guy in there who actually can, like, facilitate the offense and kind of give, like, not, ne- not make, just make themselves, give themselves a, a not just increase their own Percentage of like scoring the basketball, but increase the team's percentage of scoring on that mm-hmm. possession. Like so many guys in that league and in basketball in general are great at when they get the ball increasing their own like personal percentage of scoring in that half court set. But it's the guys like LeBron, it's the guys like uh even like a guy like Steph because of how he works and runs off the ball. Mm-hmm. How much how he can you know There's create movement. so much? Yeah, and um, even like uh, like you know, Rondo was is another one like that. Chris Paul, guys who when they get the ball in their hands, not only they can they score themselves, but they also just increase the team's chance of scoring, whether it be him or be some one of the other four guys. And um, I think that's the Celtics' problem. I think that's why the Clippers went out and got Rondo because they realized that they don't have a guy like that because Paul George and Kawhi aren't that guy as talented as they are i think that's why the suns are one of the best teams in the nba and i think that's why utah's one of the best teams yeah because they don't have guys that the ball sticks and they can they can move the ball in, in on any given possession they can make the they can maximize each, each possession because they don't have um players that just have the ball stick to them
0: and, and by the way toronto a couple of years ago ditched iso ball they traded away demar DeRozan, who Iso ball centric, got Kawhi Leonard changed their their mo offensively and was like, you know what, we're going to run the floor, we're going to you know shoot more threes than not, but we're just going to play a new way. Won a title, San Antonio won a title with Duncan. Old ball movement got the role players involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Celtics don't have role players quite like that, but uh, they won a title that way, and it just just changed the way that that they moved. Uh, quick before before I ask you uh, one of my favorite questions, but what do you think the remedy is? Where where would you go from this point? Uh, with the C's?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think, unfortunately, you're in that weird spot where you kind of have to wait it out. I mean, I think the only thing you really can do is trade smart because, again, like Kemba's, Kemba's makes too much money. And I I do like Kemba. And, but I just think that, um, so I'm not saying we should trade him, but I just, I'm just looking at, like, the only way to make a, to improve the team is that you got to see what you can get for smart. Uh, and you got to have to shake it up a little bit. Like, again, like, I, I'm i a Marcus Smart fan, but I just feel like it's just run its course. And um, and he's just not – he's not the same player defensively, and I just feel like he's – like, some of the ejections, he's just kind of has this, like – this year has been just – he hasn't been the same Marcus Smart I've seen in the past. So that's, you know – so I just think you got to kind of maybe go that uh, route. Uh, who's in, on the free agent market this – like, I don't even know who's – Anyone like
0: it's not like the Celtics could afford him anyway, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> like, I mean, like, is there any like, like sixth, seventh man like men that are yeah. available, like cheap? You know, maybe get a couple of those guys to like that can shoot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you have to just hope that like Tatum or Brown, more so Tatum, because I think he has a higher ceiling, develops into that guy who can just you know, Take elevate home. the team. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I just – and it might happen. He's young. I mean, 22, 23 years old. So, yep. it's not impossible. We see it all the time. The guys get to 27, 28, and all of a sudden, they're, uh, they're different players. But you might have to make a – I think that in this NBA, uh, the <laughs> with guys always teaming up together and chatting in the off offseason, you, you, the, the time's ticking. So, yeah, you, you kind of can't – you can't wait too long because these guys might bolt
0: it it's really funny because like when i watch them like offensively sometimes they labor sometimes like buckets are so hard to come by and like two points is two points yeah but there, there's comes to there comes a point where like you took so much energy to get that two points that like not to say it's not worth it but it's it's much different than when you get easy ones in transition is that i do have a question for you and i've had this discussion at, at large with a lot of different people but Is there such thing as empty stats? Because when I watch, like, I'll name a couple of guys for you. Like, it's not an indictment of their game and they're not bad people, not not bad players. But there are players like uh, Zach Levine or Andrew Wiggins or Carl Anthony Towns that, yes, you look up at the scoreboard and you look at the box score after the game. They had 28. But. Those points never sparked anything. Those points ne- were never contagious. The-, the team never really caught on to them. It never really like impacted the game, and and they glided around the court. It wasn't like they were impactful as players. I mean, yes, they scored eighteen, and yes, that looks nice on their average. But through the course of the game, they're not. They kind of they're ghosts out there. Is that is that a real thing, or is there such thing as empty stats?
1: Um, you make a good point about. I mean, again, like you know, it's not like you, yeah, it's like you said, you're, you're not naming, like you're not saying the players are bad, you know what I no. mean? like <laughs> you know, it's just like, but I think, uh, I think, I think individual points are like wildly overrated, which is why, which is, and I, when I say that, I mean obviously you need to score points to win the game,
0: right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I, but I just think, like me personally, I don't put an emphasis on how, like the actual number of points you scored. Like congratulations, you scored a lot of points everyone in the nba can that's why they're in the nba like newsflash like how no one gets come. in the nba because they stink at scoring like <laughs> but i just think that if you are scoring in ways that is like it's like how you score like i think carl anthony towns stats aren't empty i just think he doesn't play for a good team like i just think the way anthony the, the way uh carl anthony towns can score and what he can do on the inside outside i think that's valuable whether he scores 14 a game on a team that can win a championship or 30 on a, a crappy Timberwolves team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, like one of like, I always thought Kevin Love was the king of empty stats. Like he's <laughs> like, he averaged like 20, when he averaged like 24 and 15, like he's not that good. He's not, he's, I mean, he's not that good that his stats, that his stats indicate. So, cause it's like when you saw him with LeBron and Kyrie, yeah, he was a third wheel, but it was just like, well, he wasn't the same dog that was dropping twenty-four and sixteen in the way he played. Right. Because he, put, he put, you know his game didn't scream like when he played with LeBron it was like, this is a twenty-four and sixteen guy. He was more like like I just I just think that he was just a big fish in a small pond. And his usage rate was so high that it was just like, okay, I'm just I'm just I'm just getting stats because like my usage rate's ridiculous. But like I'm really not this this like good of a player. And, and he's chris, still good and valuable but just not to that extent if that makes any sense right. at
0: all <laughs> and, and chris, chris Paul is kind of the opposite where like you look up at the stats and he has like 12 but in the big in the big like scale Phoenix wasn't even a playoff team last year fast forward eight months and they're second in the west you talk about you talk about value oh my god Chris Chris Paul, yeah, he put up he adds 16 points. And if you look at Phoenix's offseason, Ricky Rubio probably averaged 13. Three-point difference, but it's so much more than that that people that some people don't quite see between the lines of.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where like I value advanced metrics a little because they can kind of tell, like, they can they kind of fill in those gaps about a player? Like, I'm not a big like analytics like guy, like in a mm-hmm. sense like following them and stuff, but I do kind of use them to see like how. It kind of answers the question of how good you are. So, um, in a sense, of like in the course of a game or to your team. And Chris Paul's one of those guys. I mean, you probably, if you look at Chris Paul's metrics compa- compared to the NBA in NBA history, he's probably up there as one of the, like, the best point guards of all time because everywhere he goes, the team goes from like, I mean, from like here to like here. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, it, when he first started in New Orleans, when he hit his peak there. They shop to one in the West. He goes to the Clippers. They shoot up. He goes to OKC. They shoot. He goes to the Rockets. They almost beat KD and Steph Curry in that Western Conference Finals. But Chris Paul has like quads of like a ninety-year-old. So yeah. he always goes down with an injury. But if he was healthy, they might have won that series. And so then he goes to you know OKC, and then now he's with Phoenix. Everywhere he goes, he just takes a team from like the the like the doldrums to like to one of the elite teams in the um. In the league so he's just he's a fascinating player to
0: watch chris, okc was trying to tank they were trying to <laughs> tank last year and and messed around to get a five seed what is <laughs> i i don't know what's going on but uh bash hudson thank you for joining me on the show today great talking with you great basketball man. follow him on twitter at bosch uh, chris bosh at bash hoops and <laughs> <I, laughs> At Bash Hoops, N-E, uh, writer scout for Prep Hoops New England. Bash, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me.